And welcome to the Tanae Talks podcast, the podcast that educates and entertains, the podcast where you come to laugh and, of course, learn. And on today's podcast, we're going to be learning about finding God in crisis. Hallelujah, because it is the highest praise, baby. And we're going to find God in crisis. Today's show is brought to you by our season seven sponsor, which is 810 Tacos. 810 Tacos is a premium seasoning pack made with nine high quality spices. It is high in flavor, baby, and it is low in sodium. So you don't have to have no high blood pressure with this, but baby, you're going to turn up your taco Tuesday night. The 810 Tacos tradition is to celebrate life with good friends good food and family to make new memories and share love. So turn up your Taco Tuesday night with some 810 Taco seasoning. Visit 810-TACO, that's eight, the number eight, the number one, the number zero, tacos.com and get you some 810 seasoning today because baby, you ain't had a taco until you had a Flint taco, baby, because we do it right. Am I lying or am I telling the truth? They're all facts. All facts. All facts. No cap. I, y'all want to know something? My talkers, my listeners, every episode I say, this is a special episode. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start there. (laughs) But for real, okay, no. Because you know, every episode is a special episode. Every episode is a special episode. But when I tell y'all this guest we have today, I love the me some Ebony Lorraine ah! and Gibson. <laughs> Ebony, <laughs> not let me verify her text transcript. <laughs> Baby, Ebony, first of all, I don't know why she already don't got the blue check. Because my baby is building something and she's not only building something uh, locally, regionally, uh, what is that, nationally. My girl is building something globally. And when we say we are, when, when she says I'm building something, when she says I'm up to something, Baby, she literally builds something brick by brick and the after effect of what she has built is beautiful. It's beautiful to behold. She has built people. She has built confidence. She has built businesses. And I'm so happy to have her on the show today to talk about her devotional, Finding God in Crisis. And this is Ebony right there. Her, that's her. That's her on the screen. Baby, not, the lace. I'm about to make my eyes sweat. Is <laughs> they sweat? The lace is laid, baby, on here. Shouts out to Jay South Hall. <laughs> Shouts out to Jay South Hall, who is a previous Today Talk sponsor. <laughs> baby, we've been building around the clock. <laughs> yes. Yes. The beautiful thing about Ebony, and we're going to get into who she is and what she is. Not only is she an author and maker of notebooks of Black girl magic and uplifting people and building people and building businesses. She loved the Lord. <laughs> she loved the Lord. The Lord. Love him. I love him. <laughs> Ebony loves the Lord and 
my my connection to Ebony, I heard about her. Year, I, I, I'm originally from Flint, Michigan, as if y'all don't know, because I say it like every episode, but I currently reside. And should. <laughs> currently reside in Dallas, Texas. And one uh, visit back home, I want to say it was around either 2016 or 2017, I started hearing a buzz about Ebony actually through a friend, Armand Baskin. So shout out to Armand. And he, he said, you know, Ebony? And I was like, oh, my hair. Okay. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I did, I did not know her. But after that moment, I started to hear more and more about her. And then as time went on, she kind of knew about me. I knew about her because we are community-minded folk and we like to build up community. And so I the natural thing was for us to cross paths. And she reached out to me about uh building up uh, my podcast because she saw something special in what I was doing with uh, Tanae Toth. And she reached out to me and she has been a supporter, an encourager and a blessing uh, to me ever since. So I thank you. If I haven't thanked you before, I thank you. But before we get into who you are, I felt like we needed to start this off with devotion because when we talk about finding God in crisis, baby, sometimes you got to minister to yourself. Baby, I had to read day four last night. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Day four. Wait till the top of the morning. Day four said repentance and inheritance. But I say, where is my inheritance? (laughs) It's on the way. So guess what? I I I, this is the 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 song that came into my spirit this morning. I was was getting ready, and I want you to join in. You ready? I'm ready. He's an on time (laughs) God. Okay. Whoa, God, yes, he is. What job say, Ebony? <laughs> he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Because he's an on time God. Yes, he is. You, yeah. better, you better give us all of it, okay? All of it. That song literally, literally, literally sat down in my spirit, penetrated my soul, because when we are going through a state of crisis, like the disciples on the ship moving to and fro in the midst of a hurricane, Katrina, Ivan, Ian, <laughs> we be feeling, Ebony, get it together. I'm trying, but you already knew how this was going to go. <laughs> I'm serious. You know I be joking a lot, but I be for real. No, you're serious. I'm and I'm serious. taking you seriously and get and getting the joy that you're providing. The laugh and the learn, baby. <laughs> but no, when you are in the midst of a crisis and you feel like things are falling apart and you feel like, God, like when are you going to step in? Yeah, he steps in. I always say God will put that ram in the bush so you don't got to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. And that's why that song is apropos because he is an on time guy. And just when you think you at the brink, when the disciples run up to you, you yourself running up to Jesus like, yeah. no, I know you heard me. I know you saw me crying on the floor. I know you saw me on my knees. I know you saw me on the brink about to cut this out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I need you to step in, God. And right like that, like a lightning bolt, he's an on-time guy. Yes, he is. 
in the mid in in the midst of crisis. So you got to find God. You got to yeah. search for God. You got to call out to God in the middle of crisis. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the Tanae Talks podcast, Miss Ebony, the builder, Ebony Lorraine Gibson. Welcome, Ebony. Thank you so much, Tanae. I'm just, <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Um, and funny fact, I I guess we never had the discussion on how we found, like, how we connected. Because I didn't know that. I'm like, thank you, Armand. <laughs> yeah, it literally was. I was over Ebony, I mean, Ebony, Molly in Armand's house when I was on a, a visit home. And yeah. he just randomly asked me, did I know you? And I was like, no. But after that, you know, we've done collaborations with the, you know, the business and sponsoring yeah. a day and all of those things, the beautiful things that you do for the community. So if you could tell my talkers a little bit about your background and how you became Ebony the Builder. Okay, short story. <laughs> short <laughs> version, I should say. Um, my mom is a teacher or was a, re she's a retired teacher. My dad was a social worker and a football coach. And then they just sort of came together, had a bunch of kids. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I am literally a product and I'm just standing on their shoulders. So they really set the foundation and set the um, groundwork for people, community, teaching, connection, and building. Um, and I'm really just living out my family legacy, to be real with you. Mm -hmm. um, and so born and raised in Flint, graduated from Northern. I don't want no smoke with nobody, okay? <laughs> It, it, you're my guest. I won't be rude. <laughs> As your guest, I won't be extra. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I, I graduated from high school and the game plan by, by uh, demand <laughs> was to go to college. And so I started going to my community college for radio broadcasting and communications. And then my father passed, um, my father passed, so I stopped going. Um, but I had a like I struggled in um, organized uh, learning environments. Like I, I, I'm a creative, and so I'm like, well, is this something that I need to do? Like, is this where I'm supposed to go? So I tried it again, but I went back with the mindset of how can I get this done really quick, and what career is going to get me enough money that I'm satisfied with, so I can be done with this part of life. So I went back for surgical technology. I don't know why I did that. I can't. I cannot see you doing that. I can't see. <laughs> I got in one class and it was. I can't even remember the name of it, but they start talking terms that I knew I wasn't going to be able to. Remember. <laughs> I said, "That's my cue." <laughs> you exited the stage left. No, sir. No. Um. Let me let me reconsider my decision. <laughs> right. But the whole time I was still um. I was dabbling in retail. That was my first job because basically uh, my dad was my dad was heavy on education, but he was like, OK, if you're um, if you're so he passed a little after I, I, I let me take that back. Let me correct this. So he passed while um, a little after I chose not to go back to school mm -hmm. so first semester first or second semester was trash and I was like yeah this is too much responsibility and independence like I just wasn't ready <laughs> so much tell me y'all not gonna 
this, this the lack of attendance is not showing up on my report card because <laughs> I got a transcript now. Okay, I'm just gonna go be social and <laughs> let me know what let me know where to sign on the dotted line. And so um I was talking to my dad and he was like, you know, you either have to go to school or you have to work. So I ended up getting my first retail job with the intention of just taking a break and and, and going back into school later. And so he passed during that process. But anyway, I fell in love with retail because no day was the same. Like mm-hmm. I love people. I loved everything about it, all the moving pieces. It was like this puzzle that you had to figure out. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a while, I just kept saying, like, I didn't look at it as a career. I just I had other plans. On any given day, I wanted to be an astronaut. On any given day, I wanted to be a lawyer. On any given day, I wanted to be anything other than... Wait, are you an Aquarius? I'm a Virgo. Because, <laughs> baby, I'm, like, all over the place like that. And we won't get into it, but I feel you. And maybe because we're creatives. <laughs> yes, and, and there's so much we want to do in life. And you trying to figure out how to get it done before you get up out of this bag, okay? That's it. <laughs> So after a while, um, Miss Carolyn was one was my store manager at uh, Bath and Body Works at the time, and she kept pressuring me about or suggesting like you should you should consider retail management. And I'm like, I just didn't see it as a career. So after a little while, I um, started thinking about it. She just kept uh, dropping the seed, dropping the seed. So I finally decided to pursue retail management. excuse me and I just I liked it I liked the hustle and bustle of it I liked this ladder that you could climb up for success um and so I ended up uh, being in retail for about 15 years and um really climbed my way up from the stock associate (laughs) to the literal (laughs) store manager Uh, I saw every single role and every single part of really building a business, not even thinking at that time, like I'm soaking it all in like a student, but having no clue how this will all make sense, like mm-hmm. in 2022. Wait, I want to stop right there just a little bit because what you needed, the type of learner that you were, you could not handle the traditional four walls. You needed that on hands experience. And I hope that is a a word for someone out there that's listening to this or going to watch this on YouTube, um, that sometimes you just need that hands-on experience. And it's not a bad thing if college is not the path for you, because I, you know, us being millennials, that was pressed upon us to, you know, do that and go forth and that, and that's something that you have to do. But there's more than one way to skin a cat, as we can see. So moving (laughs) on. But I'm so glad you said that because um, I felt so much pressure at that time because that what that our roadmap was created for us. And there were not many options outside of that. Mm -hmm. You graduate, go to college, settle down in that career, retire from that career, live your life and figure it out and pay your student loans for the rest of your life. Like that. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Was that not our plan? (laughs) So, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, you have parents that my parents, uh, my father was a first gen uh, college graduate. So there was so much pressure on what decision to take, what decision to make. But so I ended up um, working for working in retail for 15 years. And then I just got to a point things were good. um, And at that time, I had achieved like I was doing good. 
-hmm. but I wasn't fulfilled like it was like okay this is nice and then I started looking at the trajectory of my life and I'm like if I move up and if I um receive that highest level of success in this space am I going to be content and satisfied like will I feel like I've impacted the world enough and the answer was no Mm -hmm. and so I really had to um do some do some soul searching do some praying and I'm like God look I (laughs) this isn't it. And I've been trying to make purpose work into this space. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm out of, I feel like I'm out of place. I feel like I'm trying to force people. I was at, I was in my retail position trying to put people (laughs) on additional uh, strategic plans. Okay. (laughs) They like, all we came to do was fold these clothes. (laughs) That's it. This customer service, (laughs) give me my check every two weeks. And keep it. And where's my dis? My employee discount. And that's so, the one. <laughs> that's the one. That's what matters the most. And so I found myself yearning to develop people and yearning to be a part of their overall life plan. So when people would come in, um, and I when I would interview and recruit people. I wanted to know about your whole, like, what's your whole life plan, so mm-hmm. I can figure out even in this retail space how to set you up for success. If you're a teacher, can we make you like a team, a team lead or a team training lead so that you can put something on your resume beyond, yeah, I was a sales associate. No, you actually educated and trained, you know, Mm -hmm. fellow associates. So this is where my brain was, but trying to make it fit in a box that was only built to house me for a moment. Mm -hmm. And I just, so I'm like, okay, it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. The people, don't, the people don't want what I have. <laughs> you, as the saying goes, sometimes they say sometimes you're a big fish in a small pond and you were starting to outgrow, like your wings were expanding. You were becoming an eagle and they were still some robins. And Listen. it was like, I got a sore. <laughs> and they were beautiful robins. They, they were. They, they were. You turned into something else and we're just not here for it. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be a robin, but now you're not. You're one of them people when you were a little kid and everybody's like playing store and you just took it beyond what it needed to be to play store. You're like, no, let's organize these Fisher Price toys for display. Yes, (laughs) Yes, because why do we have all of these Barbie tools and toys and they're not in order? Why are the labels not face to face? Why do we not have layers to our visual merchandising? Who knew about visual merchandising at at that time? But I did. Ridiculous. (laughs) I didn't know what it was, but I did. God was preparing you. When I no, <laughs> seriously, today, like even right down to um, my mom was the first entrepreneur that I ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and she all like while she was a teacher, she always had her business. She's the most creative person I know. Mm-hmm. So she's a seamstress, multi-talented. And so I would go like when I was about seven or eight, I would take some of her extra fabric. And child, use the inventory to sell me up a sell me up a person, a product. Okay. Let me find out that you a vir- you and your mama a virtuous woman, baby. Go make the clothes. Wake up at dawn. I'm serious. Like my mom <laughs> is so amazing. She literally um made her wedding dress, her whole bridal party dresses, her second dress. Child, I was the flower girl, had two dresses. Just- <laughs> 
Come on, costume change. Okay. So, so your mama was Tina Knowles. Listen. <laughs> Tina Knowles with a Bible that she didn't ever put down. Listen. And a, and a little vial of oil if, if you caught her. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but so, so I just, it just wasn't, it was time. It was time mm -hmm. to move. I can't say it wasn't working. It was just time for something mm -hmm. else. And so I was just praying and I'm like, God, you got to show me um, what's next. But then even in that, I felt like some, I felt in my spirit, like something more needed to happen, but I still didn't have the faith and courage and the strength mm -hmm. to execute what I knew had to happen or what I was feeling like this transition and change that I knew I had to face. And so, um, and it's funny because I've been in church all my life, been in ministry for a long time, um, but it is so easy to have faith and hope and um, and see the the next step and the bright side for other people. But when you have to apply that to you personally, sometimes you don't have that same level of mm -hmm. faith. You have three times more faith for other people mm -hmm. and what God will do for them versus what you believe will happen for you. And part mm -hmm. of that wasn't because I didn't believe in God some of that was like hey I don't I don't believe in me enough mm -hmm. <laughs> to believe I don't believe that I qualify enough would you really would you really do that for me like mm -hmm. can I really have something like that and so my prayer was just like God show me how to have more faith and more trust in you so I can make these decisions so I can see you how you uh, see me how you see me mm -hmm. and so next thing I know it's like it's time to go from your job and I'm like, what, Lord? <laughs> go where exactly? Go to Starbucks to grab the people some chai tea and come on back. <laughs> not, not you thought God was calling you to be a barista. No, man. No, I thought he was saying, go grab them some uh, chai tea and come back. Okay? Come back. Just do something nice for the people. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and back. But, so, but wait, wait, Ebony, wait. I, I wanted to go back on something that you said about be, believing in others, you know, understanding God's power, but believing it for others and not for yourself. And one of the scriptures that uh, resonated in my spirit, as you were saying, that was having a form of godliness, but not believing in the power thereof. Yeah. And I think so yeah. many people uh, get to that point at some point um, where you, and it's, and I want to say that one more time, having a form yeah. of godliness. Yeah. but not believing in the power thereof. And what that means is yeah. you, you know how to shout, you got the dress, you got the look, um, you hallelujah and you amen. But when it comes down to having that little bit of mustard seed of faith, it is non-existent. Yep. And so you got to believe in that power. You got to speak that power. We are a speaking people. God said, let there be light. And there was light. He spoke it and you got to speak it. You can't, you got to believe. Yeah that it, yeah. it shall be and it will be so I just wanted to to say that no you are you are absolutely right it's it's almost like you're wearing it but it is not consuming you mm -hmm. like you and you and even in wearing it you still get some benefits like it's not anything wrong with wearing the outfit but you can only authentically and fully represent it if it's not just on you but in you so that it comes from the inside out and so that's and, and it was a challenge because it really challenged like my belief system you know like 
because I thought I was good. But then if I can't apply this to me too, in the in the realm of faith or in the concept of faith, then I got to get that together. And I and my prayer was literally like, God, I've served you for years, but I'm struggling to have faith to believe for myself. Yeah. And so I need you to help me with that. And I think sometimes we feel like we got to go to him and be all put together, all buttoned up and then not transparent about how we really are. Because it's almost like telling the person that knows you in and out and that, you know, you have represented like, I kind of believe in this, but I kind of don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that transparency. And I love that you're sharing the honesty of that, because sometimes people can look at you and they see the blessings before you and they don't even know how you kind of uh, struggled and toiled yes. you know, to get there because you like. It's, it's just I love the book of Hebrew because it goes through a, a plethora of yes. faith accounts. Yeah. And sometimes you have to reflect on your own life and say, you brought me out of this. You brought me out of this. You brought me to this. You gave me this. You got to really reflect on that because just, and we, oh, oh, shoot, we running out of time, Lord. Okay. <laughs> we might have to do a part two so we get part one and part two. And I seriously mean that, but um it's just like on the boat the disciples had seen God work so many times but yeah. even in that little instance it was like oh you you forgot about us that quick and you yourself forget like yeah. he's going to do it you know you fall out of faith um I, yeah. I, I really kind of want to get to this because oh I'm so uh, oh, we uh, you okay. know I love you um <laughs> At the beginning of this, when you were talking about being in the retail, you kind of had this talk with yourself, like, what else for the doing? And in your book on day one, you talk about, and I don't know if y'all can see this, y'all just need to get the book, it'll be in the show notes. But you talk about reflecting and you say, um, you ask the question, in what ways are you currently heeding and following God's instructions um, for your life? And sometimes he will tug on you in so many ways that to the point where he'll make you uncomfortable in the situation, make you uncomfortable in that job to the point that's like, I've been told you to go, but you ain't there. He'll make you uncomfortable in a friendship and keep showing you stuff, but yeah, you still there. He'll make you uncomfortable in a relationship. And God did that for me. Uh in a, in a relationship where I still was like, he just need me to pray for him. <laughs> you keep and God was like, okay, now I got to really, to the point where God had to really blow up the spot for me yeah. to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, you sent the kind reminder, but apparently I need the final notice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> apparently I need the one with the big red writing on the front that's the final attempt because that whole just a, just a reminder <laughs> that didn't work for me. I'm one of them people it's that meme that be like I need God to come sit on the bed with me and explicitly tell me. Listen, and then I have so many other things that I need to confirm and check off the list to triple quadruple check that this is the decision that you make. Because the way I micromanage, I'm going to question you about what you told me to do. <laughs> That's the boss. not us. <laughs> I want to get into the book. Okay, so what inspired you to write Finding God in Crisis, this kind of guide to guide us through prayer and the, the scriptures to encourage us in these moments of crisis? Okay, so Left Retail started the consulting agency, God Show Favor awesome, wonderful, this is crazy, can't believe all of this stuff is happening mm -hmm. in record time. Just a lot of great things. 
Um, but I would say like end of 2019, it was just, again, like another transition. And I was really evaluating like, am I okay with where things are? Like, is, is, am I on the right trajectory? And I'm, I'm always doing that because I just want to be on the right path, not the perfect path. I just want to make sure that I'm on the right path, doing the right things and handle, you know, just doing right. And so I started to evaluate just where things were. And I was not satisfied with my level of success behind closed doors, because there were a lot of things going on and a lot of, you know, uh, visibility, but and a lot of hustle and a lot of work. But baby, I was also broke trying to help everybody else. So it's like, I was evaluating that evaluating relationships and then I sort of slipped into this um season of depression like just behind the scenes still showing up for everybody else but behind the scenes struggling with depression to the point where I'm like well outside of my work where would people be in my life where would they stand outside of what I could do for them Mm -hmm. because I had turned into a machine not necessarily a bad thing but when you're a machine people expect for you to go like you don't walk up to a machine the only way you check check on a machine is regular maintenance to make sure that it keeps going or if it shuts down and you got to figure out what's wrong Mm -hmm. and so in so many places of my life I was a machine you don't walk up to a machine and make sure they're good you don't walk up to a machine and say how's your mental health like (laughs) you don't walk up to a machine and say you know what I really, really appreciate you or like you don't. And so in many places I had become like a machine and it wasn't anyone's fault. Mm -hmm. It was just consistency and productivity. People just assume that you're good. Like you're good. You're the strong person. So people come to you. But then I started looking around and I'm like, where is that person for me? Where are those safe spaces for me? Um, And it put me in a bit of a depression. Um, And then we got hit with COVID. So then it's like, I'm kind of coming up, like trying to come off the cusp of that. And then we got this whole world crisis. The world was in crisis. Listen, (laughs) I got the water crisis. I got weight crisis. I got life crisis. Now you want to give us a world crisis? (laughs) What are you doing? I got edges crisis. Like edges falling. What are you edges. doing? <laughs> God, I've been I've been crying. It's an SOS. Like it kind one more. I'm sending you a final notice. <laughs> Look, you waving, literally waving your hands in the sky like yes. Yes. And so I just knew um I knew I needed to strengthen my foundation and lean into him. Because there was no other way to to get through this successfully and um and fully and and come out whole, mm-hmm. and so um I started this thing called um fasting up or um I praying and fasting on Thursdays are for fasting and praying, and it was just an accountability piece for me to um lean in more consistently to my prayer life and to fasting, and so um from there. I started doing prayer for myself, but I extended it to others. And then it started turning into, okay, you need to focus on the word a little more. And so I was doing my own personal devotionals. And so I would study, I would write it down, but then God shared with me, like, you're going to need this for something else. 
And so I didn't really know what at the time, like I wasn't, I didn't know it was going to be a devotional, but I knew that I had to tuck this to the side for something else. And so these are literally like prayers and just, it's my own struggle in my own life and just where God was taking me and some of the things that he had me look at and challenge me and, and committed to prayer and just reflection. And so that's where it came from. Like, and then I think too, coming from Flint, you know, <laughs> I always, before this book, I would always say there are, and, and this isn't just about Flint, but I think because we got the spotlight because of the water crisis, mm -hmm. it also made me aware of like how many levels and layers of crisis that we have going on mm -hmm. at one time, you know? And so when I really looked at like how many layers of crisis and a lot of people are like this. And so if we don't have a space or if we're not equipped to manage this mm -hmm. or working with somebody else to help figure it out, you're living your life every day with so much stuff mm -hmm. and you're showing up and trying to show up <laughs> the same way every time. And so that's where it came from. I love that, Ebony. Um, I want everyone, all my listeners, all my talkers, anyone who checks out this episode of the Tanae Talks podcast to get Finding God in Crisis. It is a great devotional. There are prayers there. If you don't know how to pray or you don't know where to start in prayer, there are prayers, there's reflection, there are even assessments there for you. And I, I have this other devotional that I have. It's called the nine fruits of the spirit. And one of the spirits is peace. And it says, yeah. so Christ starts at the point of need. So when you're in crisis, baby, guess what? You're in need. It says, cleans out the past, builds a new future with proper attitudes in place. Cause you got to assess that heart. You got to assess where you are in the midst of a crisis. How did I get here? Why am I here? Why do I feel there? It says, and with proper attitudes in place, meaning you're ready and willing, the soil is good for God yeah. to plant something and for it to grow in you. It plays, then lends itself to a peaceful future. So you can get out of that crisis and go to a place, a future. Ebony, there's so many more things to discuss, but you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> tell the listeners out there how they can follow you and how they can purchase finding God in crisis. Um, you can follow me, uh, Ebony Gibson on Facebook. You can also go to ebonytheauthor.com and that's Ebony with the I-E. That's E-B-O-N-I-E, -E, baby, Ebony Lorraine. And before we go, I know in the book, you dedicated this book to your beautiful mother. Shout out to Mama Gibson. Any shout outs you want to give? Honestly, I want to give a shout out to you. So thank you so much. You already know I'm so proud of you. I'm so, um, I'm just honored to be a part of your journey and I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. Sincerely, I do. Sincerely, I do. I thank you for being a guest today. Uh, be sure to uh, click on the links down.